So we are concluding our series entitled Famous Faith, where we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11's description of faith as seen in the lives of what I'm calling Old Testament heroes. Uh, we're learning about faith from them. Um, one of our new directives is to be spirit-led, following the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything. And if we are going to live spirit-led lives, well, that's going to require faith. And what we've learned about faith so far from these heroes, first from Abel and Enoch and Noah, we learned that faith allows us to see the unseen. Uh, you know, we live in a time uh, when faith and science seem to be in conflict from time to time, and it really doesn't have to be that way because both faith and science seek to understand reality. Science reveals one set of truths about what is real, and faith reveals another set of truths about what is real. And God is real, but we don't connect with him with our eyes. It is something we do by faith. And as scripture says, we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, the second, we, we, th second thing we learned was Brett uh, talked about the faith of Abraham. And Abraham shows us that faith changes how we perceive life. Uh, Abraham, he accepted God's promises and saw life through them, which led him to act on those promises and led him to anticipate what God was going to do. Abraham's faith uh, changed how he perceived life. And then last week, we looked at legacies of faith. Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab all taught us how faith can be passed down and passing down the faith is fixed in optimism and forms identity. And there are these generational foundations that can be laid down that lead to even greater faith across the generations. This morning, there is a litany of Old Testament heroes that shows us the power of fierce faith. Our scripture this morning is Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we're going to be looking at the last set of verses there, verses 32 to 40. You can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Hebrews is near the end of the Bible, or you can look it up on your phones. Um, Hebrews 11, it ends with this collage of faith heroes. It gives this list of faith accomplishments. It paints a picture of faith endurance. Our scripture reader this morning is Haley Navarez. So Haley, if you can make your way up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask if you are able, please stand and face the center of the room. Um, we read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so Haley, whenever you're ready, please read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 to 40. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they may gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute and persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. 
They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Haley, thank you very much. You may be seated. When I was a little kid, I played t-ball like a lot of little kids do. Uh, seven was the youngest you could start playing uh, t-ball in the town I grew up in. Um, and when you are seven years old playing baseball, you remember things a little bit differently. Like I remember our team, we'd make all the routine plays, you know, you're supposed to make grounders to third, fly balls to center, a pop-up in the infield. You know, I remember making, our team making all those plays um, almost without exception. Again, that's what I remember. Um, Watching T-ball as I got older, I realized that's probably not what happened uh, because seven-year-olds rarely make all the routine plays, okay? It is chaos out there. Uh, You're lucky to have the outfielders paying attention. Uh, If the first baseman has his glove on, we call that progress at that age. Um, T-ball is very entertaining, not because of the plays that are made, but because of everything that is not done right. It is hilarious, you know, unless you're the parent of the kid picking dandelions in the outfield. Um, So my team, we're in the field, and I'm playing first base, and I have my glove on, so that's good. And um, a kid on my team named Steve was playing shortstop. The opposing team had kids on first and second. Nobody was out. And the batter hits a line drive to Steve, and Steve catches the line drive for out number one. Now, the kids on first and second, they don't know they're supposed to go back to the base when the ball's caught on a line drive, so they just keep running. And so Steve takes second base for out number two. Now, I'm playing first. He doesn't throw me the ball. He runs all the way to first base and touches it for out number three. That kid made an unassisted triple play in T-ball at the age of seven. My dad told that story for years, years and years. It was unbelievable, unthinkable, incredible. Now, what Steve did had nothing to do with faith, but that is what fierce faith enables you to do. Fierce faith enables you to do the unbelievable, the unthinkable, the incredible. With fierce faith, we accomplish the unbelievable. Going back to verses 32 to 34 of what Haley just read. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, they are all from the book of Judges. They all defeated enemy oppressors. Gideon and Barak defeated their enemies against overwhelming odds. Gideon went to war with an army of 300 against a force of thousands. Barak was outgunned against the Canaanites. The Canaanites, they had 900 iron chariots. Iron chariots were like tanks in that day. Imagine going against 900 tanks with an army that had none. Samson 
is probably the most famous judge known for his acts of strength. He didn't even have an army. He just fought the Philistines by himself. And one time he, defi- he defeated an entire Philistine army with a jawbone of a donkey. Samuel was the one who transitioned Israel from the time of the judges to the time of the monarchy. He anointed the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. David was the king who would unite the 12 tribes of Israel into one nation. He's best known for his faith in defeating the giant Goliath. And he would bring peace and prosperity that Israel had never experienced before. And while David had serious flaws, he was known as a man after God's own heart. The prophets who would speak about the injustice and idolatry happening in the land of Israel and Judah. They would warn the people to repent of their ways. They would often speak against corrupt kings, always putting their lives on the line in doing so. There's a reference to shutting the mouths of lions. Well, David once killed a lion. Samson once killed a lion with his bare hands. But the most famous account of shutting the mouths of lions is Daniel. Daniel is living in captivity, serving as a king's administrator. And the king issues an edict to forbid praying to any other god. And Daniel, in faith, continues to pray to his god. And because of that, he is thrown into a lion's den as punishment. But God sends an angel to shut the mouths of the lions, and Daniel is unharmed. There's a reference to the fury of the flames, which is most likely a reference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are in captivity with Daniel, and King Nebuchadnezzar creates a giant golden statue and commands everyone to bow down and worship the statue. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse. And so the king is furious with them and throws them into a fiery furnace. But they are untouched by the flames. And when they come out, they don't even have the smell of smoke on them. Over and over and over again, men and women in the Old Testament place their fierce faith in the Lord and act on that faith and accomplish the unbelievable. And then Jesus comes along. And Jesus feeds the 5,000, walks on water, makes the blind see, the lame walk, the mute speak. He casts out demons, heals diseases, raises the dead. And after all of that, he tells his disciples, John 14, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. God still calls us to have the faith to do the unbelievable. Something unbelievable. Like, I don't know, adding a new building in the middle of a pandemic. That's kind of unbelievable. You know, in 2016, the strategic health team studied what is next for TFRC in regards to ministry, staff, and building And they came up with five recommendations back in 2016. And one of those recommendations was adding space for children, adults, and a full-service kitchen to our current children's ministry wing. So way back, well, maybe not way back, back in 2016, we sensed God's leading to build this building. So we formed a building team and a finance team, came up with a building plan, made adjustments to that building plan. 
And then last March, it came time to lock in bids. Because as all of you know, <laughs> building prices have been skyrocketing and continue to go up. And we needed to get prices locked in like ASAP. And we had an estimate of how much the building was going to cost. But with the building prices just skyrocketing, you didn't really know for sure what you were looking at until you actually had signed bids in place. And so Diana Anderson, who, if you know her, I would ask all of you to thank her for all the work she's done on this building. She went to the, all the builders and got written bids last March. And with the amount of money we'd raised and the loan that we had approved, we did have this ceiling of what we could afford. And we needed those bids to be within that ceiling. And in a project of over $3 million, the bids came in within 15,000 of what we needed them to be. And so we locked those in last March, and here we are today, expanding during the pandemic. Fierce faith, it accomplishes the unbelievable. But also in fierce faith, we overcome the unthinkable. Going back to the passage, verses 35 to 38. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There are others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Women received back their dead, both the prophets Elijah and Elisha, raised dead boys to life and gave them back to their mothers. It says, others were tor tortured, refusing to be released. That is most likely a reference to something that happened about 150 years before Jesus. About 150 years before Jesus, Israel was ruled by the Greeks. And a group called the Maccabees led a revolt that eventually overthrew Greek rule and gave Israel a period of independence for about 100 years before the Romans came along. But in that revolt, there was a lot of sacrifice by faith. One story is that there were seven brothers who were brought before the Greek king. And in front of their mother, the king uh, tortured them so that they would eat pork, so that they would eat the flesh of pigs, which was forbidden by their faith, by their law for them to eat. But the king said, if you eat, I'll let you go. But rather than compromise their faith, they refused. And they were tortured one by one and killed one by one in front of their mother. And last, the mother was also killed. They could have been released if they would have compromised, but they refused. Sought in two, According to tradition, being sawed in two was how the prophet Isaiah died. Sheepskins and goatskins sound like Elijah. Deserts, mountains, caves, holes in the ground. These are literally places of isolation away from everyone else 
and the message of living in these places, of living in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. What that is a message of is you are not welcomed here. 2 Corinthians 4 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. These last couple years, I have seen many of you suffer. Maybe not suffering simply for your faith, but I've seen you suffer nonetheless. There have been near-death accidents. There have been accidents that have resulted in death. Fathers dying right before their kids' graduations and weddings. Some of you have lost parents, kids, brothers, and sisters. You've experienced significant illness, cancer, strokes, heart attacks. I haven't even mentioned COVID. <laughs> There's economic uncertainty, uncertainty in our schools, division over masks and mandates. All of this is unthinkable. But what I've seen even more from you is I've seen all of you move forward as best as you can, leaning on your faith as you go. Fierce faith, it allows us to move forward even in the midst of the unthinkable. And with fierce faith, we join the legacy of the incredible. Verses 39 and 40, where it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. None of them received what was promised. God had something better planned for us so that together with us, all of us would be made perfect. And what that means is that we are united with them. That we have this commonality with all we've just, with all of those who we just read about and with all of those who've come before us in the faith. And last week we talked about the legacy of faith. Well, what we just read is a part of our legacy. We are a part of a fierce, fierce faith legacy that sees the unseen, that has a different perspective of what life is all about, that has been passed on for generations, a faith that accomplishes the unbelievable and overcomes the unthinkable. We are in solidarity with those who came before us, people like Ignatius and Polycarp, people we've never heard of, Ignatius and Polycarp, whose faith led to their martyrdom, or St. Augustine, whose faith led to theological thought and foundations that we still rely on to this day, or St. Francis of Assisi, whose faith led to a spiritual renewal, 
or Martin Luther and John Calvin, whose faith led to the reformation of belief and practice of Christianity, or Elizabeth Fry, whose faith led her to become a champion for prison reforms, or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, whose faith led to being one of the few voices in Germany to stand up to the Nazis, or Billy Graham, whose faith led to a bold proclamation of the gospel, or Martin Luther King Jr., whose faith led to a nonviolent movement for racial equality, or Mother Teresa, whose faith led to a radical response to the poor and sick. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I think of John Sexton, a member here for years. Many of you remember John. And his faith, in his faith, he saw the need for medical care for the working poor in this community. Now, developing a medical clinic for the working poor, a free medical clinic for the working poor, that has more red tape than I could even imagine. But John Sexton didn't take no for an answer. And he would partner with anyone who would listen. And John and his wife Sandra and people like Dr. Rick Sanderson started the Mustard Tree Wellness Clinic. And since 2004, they have been providing medical care to those who can't afford it here in the Magic Valley. And you can't have the mustard tree without the mustard seed. The mustard seed thrift store for 20 years has been providing rental assistance and utility assistance and food boxes and hot meals and so much more, all driven by the faith of people like Liz Mandelkow and her staff and countless volunteers, many of whom are in this room right now. I have seen many of you practice fierce forgiveness and fierce generosity and fierce sacrifice, all responses of faith. We are a part of a fierce faith legacy here at TFRC, a faith legacy that when we, when we were challenged to take mission trips to New Mexico or Hawaiian Gardens, California, you responded in faith. Or when we said, hey, let's build a campus that will be a community center, that will home basketball leagues and homeschool groups and teacher trainings and birthday and anniversary celebrations and all sorts of community meetings, you responded in faith. When we said, hey, let's go do ministry in Thailand and Malawi, you responded in faith. When we said, let's help kids at Christmas, you responded in faith. You've been doing that for over 25 years. When we said, hey, let's put on sports camps for kids in our community, you responded in faith. You've been doing that for 20 years. When we said, let's help women considering abortion, you responded in faith. When we said, hey, let's take study trips to Israel, uh, to Middle East, to better understand the Bible. You responded in faith. When we said, hey, let's put on an event that will attract young families to come to our campus mm, around the end of October. We'll call it Harvest Festival or Harvest Extravaganza. You responded in faith. When we said, let's help people transition out of prison, you responded in faith. When we said, let's start a Christian preschool daycare after school program, you responded in faith. When we said, uh, let's help put on Christian conferences in the Middle East, you responded in faith. When we said, let's invest in kids, let's invest in kids' faith. 
by sending them to summer camps. Even if we have to raise 20,000 a year to do it, you responded in faith. When we said, let's go to local neighborhoods and help people renovate their homes, we'll call it Summer Serve, you responded in faith. When we said, hey, there are Afghan refugees coming, let's help them, you responded in faith. When we said, hey, let's help prevent kids from being victims of human trafficking, you responded in faith. Now, go ahead if you want, that's okay, I'll stop. I need to breathe. Now, do you know what's gonna happen to me this week and after this service today? Some of you are gonna come up to me and you're gonna remind me what I forgot to put in the list. You're gonna be like, you forgot this, you forgot this. So please, let me know. I'll add it to the list, all right? From Esther Lohman to John Sexton, from the mustard seed to the mustard tree, from New Mexico to the Middle East, from helping kids with basketball to keeping kids out of human trafficking, we are a part of a fierce faith legacy. We are a part of a fierce faith legacy and we're not done yet. Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fulfill our legacy. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do thank you for this great cloud of witnesses from the passage that we read this morning to the history of uh, our Christian forerunners to the men and women that we know a part of, who are part of TFRC who have been great examples to us. Lord, we thank you for the impact that they have had on all of us. And Lord, I would ask that your spirit would encourage us to fulfill our fierce faith legacy and follow where you call us to go. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.